Hello and welcome to In the Art Scene podcast, a place where creatives share their stories. My name is Galina Marquez and I have another cool story prepared for you today. So let's get to it. Hello everybody and welcome back to In the Art Scene podcast and this is another episode with another amazing guest who I have no clue about. <laughs> Except for she had just a couple of amazing shows in San Diego in the Tim Can Museum and San Diego Arts Museum. Uh, Marianella, why wouldn't you introduce yourself? Of course. Okay. First, my name is Marianella de la Oz. Everybody pronounces it here de la Hose, but no, it's de la Oz, like the Wizard of Oz. The H is mute. So I'm Marianella de la Oz. I was raised, I was born and raised in Mexico City 60, 66 years ago. And, okay, we can and cut that part 20, out if you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so 20 years ago, I arrived to San Diego with my family. It's two children, my husband, five cats and two dogs. Five each wow. one of us, yes, each one of us brought only a suitcase. We sold everything in Mexico. Our house was rented in Mexico City, and we began uh, an adventure here. Um, we made a pact between the family that this would be an experiment, and if we didn't uh, achieve the things we wanted and if everybody was not happy maybe we could return to Mexico so the first two years I I remember I cried every day I didn't want to uh, live in the United States I loved Mexico City I had my family well my family my parents uh, my friends my practice because I had been um, by then like 10 years uh, painting. I had my galleries. I had been uh, showing my work in, in museums and uh, cultural spaces. And when I arrived here, I didn't uh, knew anybody. And I had to begin from scratch again, everything yeah. from scratch. From what, scratch. Why, what was... Uh... <sighs> What was the purpose? What was the reason for you to leave Mexico and move to San Diego? Was it just a spirit of adventure or? Yes, it was a spirit of adventure. That spirit of adventure came from my husband. Okay. So he wanted to, to do something else because he wasn't happy in Mexico. I was very happy, but he wasn't. And uh, my daughter and my son said, okay, let's try. Those so husbands, we are right. right. Yes, those husbands. <laughs> So um, my daughter uh, began um, college. She found out about this uh, wonderful uh, thing that you can go uh, abroad and study abroad. So she went to Florence and began studying art restoration. And she was very happy. And she stayed there for five years. My son was 10 years old. and. He was adapted perfectly in a minute. My husband was very happy. The cats were not as happy. <laughs> the dogs were not. And I was miserable. <laughs> miserable. But, you know, little by little, um, after, I said, after 
after two years, and I, I never stopped painting because if I stopped painting, I I rather die, really. This, I, I prefer to paint, uh, to eat. So I, I, the first time I showed my work here was in, um, on a street fair. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do it because, of course, I felt, come on, in Mexico, I have been in museums and I yeah, have to show yeah. in, in, this, in a fair. No. But my husband said, come on, you have to do it. If you want to be shown here in San Diego, let's do it. So he helped me. And uh, that first time I showed my work, I met my first collectors, uh-huh. which are my beloved friends and have collected my art for 20 years now, 18 years. And I met the first gallery who represent me. And little by little, without me noticing it, I began my career in the United States. So I'm here. And now I have had two shows in two different museums in San Diego and and for me that's wow I, I cannot believe it really and and your work is stunning your work is absolutely okay. stunning uh every single piece uh has like it's like a letter it has so many symbols and so so much meaning uh that you can like I was I was looking at it I was reading it you don't even need to see the title you're just reading through it and for some reason to me it, it reminded a little bit of, uh, I don't know, maybe not a little, not that little, of Frida Kahlo, like the, the collection of the symbols that she would put in her work, uh, to me, was very resonant with what you were doing. You, well, talking about Frida Kahlo, everybody says, oh, you you are inspired by Frida Kahlo. And I say, well, who do, okay, who's Frida, Kahlo, <laughs> no, but Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo is a goddess, okay? But... I am not inspired by her work. We are both, and many other Mexican artists are inspired by folk culture, folk Mexican culture. So if you use a heart, oh, it's Frida. No, 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 no. No, no. It's Mexican folk culture. And I think that the big difference between my work and Frida's is that Frida spoke only about herself, about her pain about her tragic life about Diego about her abortions about many things and I I see the world outside of me and then I try to explain it to myself and then I paint it so it's a very different approach to the to the to the work but of course if you see a heart is it Frida, because everybody knows Frida. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't mean to compare you directly to Frida Kahlo. It's just, no, 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 I know. I, yeah, I guess for uh, for people who uh, are not as familiar with Mexican culture, it's the, mm-hmm. the, the combination of the symbols in the painting. It's, yeah, because Frida Kahlo is something that is like on the surface and everybody knows her work. Yes, uh, yes. But yes, uh, I... Uh, I was really blown away. Some some of the paintings uh, on your Instagram page that I found uh, the guillotine with a tongue and uh, sweeping stuff under the carpet. And I was like, I was not even reading the captions. I was not even reading the the titles. It's like, wow, I know what she's talking about. 
So what is that your biggest inspiration in your work? Uh, I, I know, and you, you mentioned that, that you are mostly painting about the world outside of you. So there's a lot of um, social um, dilemmas and uh, social justice in your work. Um, maybe some of the problems that are going on politically and uh, in the world uh, that I saw in your in your paintings. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about your inspiration? Where is it coming from? And what are you trying to um, convey? What, what's the message that you're sending to people? Sure. Well, I, re I remember I, I was three years old and my grandfather taught me to read. So I was reading these uh, children stories, not the Disney happy endings. Mm -hmm. They were terrible. I was, I was reading Perrault and Anderson and Grimm and oh, yeah. Colonial. Yeah. And they, and they were terrible. And I am, I am a very sensitive person. So for me as a child to understand those stories I was reading, I draw something and then I add uh, a little uh, note for me. And that had been the story of my life. So Everything that interests me, that uh, scares me, that uh, hurts me, that, that comes from news, from books, because I love to read uh, a conversation like we are having now, my dreams, the music, everything is, is worth uh, for painting something. So my work has many, 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 many layers and I'm, I'm a storyteller, of course. And sometimes I prefer to, to bother people, to leave scars, maybe. Uh, I prefer people to be uh, mad at my, at my work and not saying, I, so beautiful, look at the detail. No, and I prefer to move them <laughs> and to provoke uh, feelings and, and to provoke um, their minds. That, that's what I want to do with my work. And I have been doing that for many years. Yeah, obviously successfully. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it sounds to me uh, that this is your, your way of, um, in a way, coping with some disturbing things, which uh, especially in the past mm -hmm. few years, we have been having plenty of. Oh, my. I uh, have you uh, living in the United States, even though San Diego is such a such a beautiful, safe bubble. Uh, <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> but, but it, it is. But still, uh, we're having all this news. And uh, the last I, I moved to San Diego in, uh, in 2015 and uh, 2016, we had an election and I was th thinking like, oh, my God, why did I move to the States? <laughs> So the, it really seemed like a, a very, very odd time to move to the United States. And I, I, I was absolutely terrified. And to this day, uh, it is like a snow snowball, like one event after another. And it seems like exactly. the world is just falling apart and going bananas completely. Thanks. So I, I was wondering uh, how this past few years affected you and your work. It, it must have been very prolific for a time for you. <laughs> yeah, that's what, <laughs> exactly. And when when the election came, the, the election you were talking about, I 
painted a series um, of um, like a Comedia del Arte, like um, I, and 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 I wrote the, the the theater play. It's like a theater play, uh -huh. and um, the um, characters of these paintings are the archetypes of the lawyer, the politician, the doctor, the teacher. And it was all about that election. So the politician, you can imagine who is the character. Yes. And, 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 and he is leading um, the sheep and the sheep are drowning in, in, a, in a river. And there's the clown um, doing, how do you say, malabar? Yeah. Juggling? But, but he's juggling. He's juggling with uh, pieces of bread because, of course, bread and and circus and make believe to the people and distract them and of course getting their votes was was one of the first time i painted something politic about politics because i was so angry and i had this urge to explain to people what was happening yeah so that exhibition i i I showed it in uh, Tijuana, in the Secult, and it was wonderful because people really, really uh, resonated with me in many, in many ways. But of course, we are here again. Yes, yes. <laughs> these horrible things are happening. This last, this last show at the Timken is all about women and how um, women have been mistreated, slandered, uh, ignored, forgotten. And look what is happening today. Yes. I cannot believe that they want to take away our, the, the, all the things that we have conquered with so many years and, and pain and strife. And here we are again. Yes, that's absolutely horrifying. I Are, are you still happy being in the United States? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because it's not the United States. You see, I see back Mexico and Mexico, it's it's a terrible place now. And uh, well, Europe is not, uh, not much better. Uh, yeah. No, it's the whole world. Yeah. Right now I'm, I'm painting. The, the last painting I'm doing right now is... Um, The character is one of my, my grandchildren. And it's uh, Atlas. Remember this, this uh, Greek character mm -hmm. that's carrying the, the Holding world. the, yeah. Holding the, 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 yes, the globe. Because it, it's, um, and, 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 and he is doomed with that. So my, my child is a young Atlas. And he's carrying a world that's falling apart. And on his feet, there's uh, this uh, glue, and maybe he will try to mend and to and to to, to do the, the 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 fixing, exacting, putting back together the pieces. It's all, and and he lives in Sweden. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes, so. I'm thinking about. Yes, this is so true. Uh, uh, having a little baby, uh, we're also thinking that. Oh. Yeah, like, we think it is difficult for us right now when he grows up, what kind of world he will inherit. So, yeah. But you know, I have the hope. 
I have hope in this uni- these new generations because I I talk to them, I listen to them, and and they are willing to change things. So I really have hope in your baby, in in my grandchildren, in 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 these in these uh, young people. Well, it's just a matter of us not screw it up completely until they will be able to fix exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's why we have to talk. Exactly. And we have to raise our voices and to show you with, with, with your podcast, with your work, me with my paintings and, and to, to say the things that we need to say. This is actually very interesting that we're talking about it right now because uh, before this episode, I was recording another episode with a filmmaker who actually also lives in San Diego right now and who is from Brazil. And we were talking about his movie uh, called Child of Nature. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly the same message. He was talking about children from all over the world who are, they're, they're barely teenagers. They're 10, 13, 15 years old, and they're actually doing something to repair the world. And they're actually trying to connect with one another they they hear each other's stories and they reach out and they're trying to collaborate across the globe how to do things to make this world a little bit of a better place yeah or children like them and children who are coming after them that's that's actually amazing it's uh and uh, to me it's it's uh, kind of a symbolic that uh this topic is carried from one episode to another Hmm. Um, I think yes, it is very interesting. I think this is a very important point that uh, listeners need to pick up, and especially artists who are listening to this podcast. Uh, we, our generation, we can communicate with children. Uh, we can inspire them to do things better. It, it starts with us, and then they will carry the torch. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And um, if if may I add something? Uh, of course. In in my work, my work can be very dark, but I have a key. The key is humor, and I think that if we are not able to laugh, up <laughs> everything, laugh um, about ourselves, laugh about the tragedy, we will not be able to move on. So. My work, you can see, it. I, I use a lot of, of, of humor, dark humor if you want, but I think that we also need humor. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Let's take a short coffee break. Are you enjoying this episode? If you do, would you buy me a coffee? I would really appreciate it. The link is in the show notes and on our website in theartscene.com. Thank you for your support. Hey listeners, did I tell you that we have fun merch? Well, we do. Click shop on our website and check it out. We have tees and hoodies, coffee mugs for your paint water, and my personal favorite, a studio apron. We use fun clothes from real artists, our podcast guests. And the best thing is all items are customizable, so get creative. By purchasing the merch, not only do you support the production of this podcast, but you also help us support art-related nonprofits and community organizations. 
Thank you for your support. I wanted to also ask you about your process because I know that you're working with Act Tempera mm-hmm. and you're making it yourself from what yes. I understand. So this is yes. something, uh, this is the medium that is not very common um, from what I know. I mean, it, it exists and I know of some artists who are doing uh, similar similar work, but it almost sounds like, wow, she's making her own paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when I started painting in, in Mexico City, uh, every month uh, we have a gathering with young uh, artists and our tutor, a very well-known painter in, in Mexico, Arturo Rivera, he was watching my, uh, he was seeing my, my paintings and he said, well, you're obsessed with detail. Have you tried egg tempera? I said, oh, the the technique that was used in, in the medieval times, in the early Renaissance, even in the last um, uh, periods in, in Egypt. And he said, yes, have, uh, you should try it. And I asked him, can you teach me to do that? And I said, no, no, I don't know how to paint in next emperor, but I'm going to recommend to you the best teacher you can find. And he gave me the title of a 15th century author, Cennino Cennini, the Il Libro dell'Arte. And that's where I learned how to do extempora, to paint with extempora. And immediately I knew that that was my media. Why? Because I'm obsessed, obsessed with with detail. Why? I don't know. I was born that way. And extempora gives me that um, liberty to use a three um, hair brush. And uh, I, I paint very small formats and to be very detailed with those formats. And of course, the, the preparing the, the paintings with the, all the, the beautiful colors, the pigments, and then grinding them and then use an egg yolk is, I don't know, it's like... Um, I feel like a witch, maybe, <laughs> or um, <laughs> I love to cook always. And and no, I don't know. There's, there's something else for me to to prepare the, the painting. It's wonderful. And I I think that adding a, an egg yolk, it it adds uh, I don't know something live more 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 lively to the painting because it 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 brings. Um, like uh, how do you say? My God, I forgot the word. But well, it doesn't matter. Well, it becomes organic, and they look organic. Yes, yes, they do. I love the the meeting. I, I I'm wondering. Uh, if, well, first of all, wow, your egg tempera is a real deal from the 15th century. So you're using that recipe, and it's just mind blowing, honestly. <laughs> Uh, I'm wondering uh, how um, how sturdy egg tempera is. I mean, egg yolk is the organic matter. Uh, you are mixing it with it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's the wh- binder for the for the pigment and the still water. And you have to paint. Uh, well, you don't have to paint. I paint on a prepared um, uh, wood or panel. 
and you have to uh, do many, many layers of gesso and then sand it perfectly and then the drawing and then the painting. And the painting is layers and layers and layers because it's a very translucent medium. So I think that it's a cathartic uh, media for me because I'm a crazy person. So <laughs> for me being so, um, how do you say? It, it's like entering a new uh, um, a world for me. And I'm, uh, I paint like this. I, I don't paint on, on an easel. Uh -huh. I paint, uh, I put the, the, the painting on a table. And then even my, my body is, it's um, close, closed to enter this world. It, it's like, instead of going uh, and traveling, I travel with my, my painting. So, yeah. uh, and I figure out it's, it's almost like um, weaving the painting. And I love that. And it takes a long time to, to finish it. A very small piece, maybe I will take uh, one month. To, wow, that to that have was done. That was my next question. How long does it take you? But yeah, it sounds very much like a meditating process. But I wanted to finish my question: uh, How long uh, the paintings would last? Uh, given Oof. that, uh, imagine there are sarcophagi from the Egypts, Egyptians uh -huh. that were painted with tempera. So thousands and of if years. You see, of thousands of years wow it's a very very yeah it lasts long long time and the and the colors don't change wow mm -hmm. why don't we all paint with ectempera <laughs> <laughs> because it takes a long time to finish one piece and and you know our modern life it's all like we are rushing everything is yes today today i want it today and i want to make 10 pieces a day and everything is running and I don't need that. Well, it's very wise. So uh, after these two exhibitions in San Diego, um, what is the next uh, chapter for you? What, what, what work are you planning and where are you going to show it? What is it going to be about? I don't have a show right now, uh, schedule, but what is for me, it's painting all all day, every day, seven days a week. That's that's my life. I continue painting, painting, painting. And that's those are my plans. And something will come, I know. All right. Well, we will circle back uh, right before this episode is on air. And we'll see what you have, what iron, irons you have in the oven. And uh, we'll make sure to put them in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Thank you. Since we are on the topic of uh, what paintings are about and uh, uh, the all the feelings and uh, like the messages that you are communicating um, over the years, what was probably your favorite or the most moving uh, from from your point of view work that you have done? That's a difficult question because every piece I I do I love them? It's like having many, many, many children. And who is the favorite? It's very difficult. I I tend to, to think that the piece I'm working on in, in the moment is the last one I will ever paint. It's like so 
the the piece is my favorite. The piece has all my attention, and the piece has all my love. So that's what I I think of my about all my work. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so so the every newest one is the favorite one. Yes. Um, I uh, have. And, Go ahead. Yeah, and and it's funny because, for instance, the the show at the Timken, it's twenty uh, two paintings. And it's the work of four years, maybe. You know? So when I enter the gallery I, and I see all the paintings in this beautiful setup in, in, in the Timken, the feeling is, really? I painted that? It's <laughs> like, they, like children, they have all gone from my life and they are making their life by, by their own and they have their own voices. And it's it's a weird feeling, really. A wonderful one, but it's like they, they don't belong to me anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask you exactly about that. So uh, having so much feelings to each one of them and each one of them being a dear child to you, you still don't have a problem letting them go, uh, let's say, uh, to the collector's home or... Uh, so how, how does that work for you? Because I know of some artists who are very protective, like these are my children, I will never part with them. But to, yeah. for you, it, it sounds like it's not a problem. It's a problem, of course. But as a mother, you know, you have to let them go. And if you're an artist, it's um, an honor and a pleasure to think that someone else wants to live with, with one of your paintings. And that that person will see that painting every day and that painting will talk to that person. It's, it's a wonderful feeling to know that they are living in good houses with that, good people. That's beautifully said. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, what, what will you say about... Uh, uh, San Diego is, again, it's a safe bubble. It's a beautiful place. Uh, and we have an amazing creative community. And we have lots of rising young artists. Uh, and uh, have you met with any? And uh, what do you think about art scene of San Diego? I think that in the 20 years I have been here, it, it has changed a lot. Has uh, it? Yes, for me. When, when I came from Mexico City, I thought, and forgive me, but I thought that San Diego was like a big ranch uh. coming from Mexico City. It's uh, full of culture and history and museums. And, and little by little, I, I have seen that, that art has been rising here in San Diego. I have met with many young artists and it has become a vibrant place to, to be an artist. I think that it maybe I didn't see it uh, uh, when I arrived here because, of course, I was I came from another place and I have to adapt. But I have seen that it has changed. Well, uh, I haven't been here as long as you have, <laughs> but um, I yeah I do find art scene in San Diego uh, is really vibrant and really rich. And uh, I could probably make a podcast just about San Diego artists and like have enough content for years to come. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> and good for you. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Uh, what would you, um, 
what would you say to the young artists in San Diego and beyond San Diego? I mean, pretty much anywhere in the world. Uh, the words of inspiration. Well, I would I would say that the most important thing for me is being truth truth to myself and for for every artist to 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 be truth to themselves and to not uh, succumb. You say that word mm-hmm. to succumb to the uh the money or the well not the money of course we have to live we have to eat but there are sometimes that that we forget what art is for and we are more in the marketplace so that's one and the other thing is that you don't make a career in a day it's a lifetime you you really construct Um, a career, um, the love for art, day by day, year by year by year, and it's a never-ending adventure. And I I find that many, not many, but some young artists want to be rich and famous just after having uh, a diploma. And for me, that's that's nothing. This is actually very interesting because... uh... Uh, I hear very often, and uh, being myself in this space, uh, you're kind of being ripped apart uh, between trying to make a true art, something that is coming directly from you, and then some things that uh, people will actually buy that will make will make you living. Because uh, it is very rare that those two things combine in the like in the perfect situation, and you can make art that you like. And people will like it enough and, and pay you for it. So, uh, it, yeah, it is, uh, it is very interesting to hear that from you uh, with all, all your experience in uh, two different countries uh, making successful art career. And also, um, yeah, you were saying how you are not rushing your paintings, not rushing an art career. I think it is, it is uh, something that we very often nowadays, especially uh, having all the technology and like yes. we're living in a very, very fast world. It's, it's very easy to forget. It would be nice not to rush your career, but when you're faced with this pressure from, from everywhere, uh, like the news, the, the, the technology, the, uh, you know, just the whole world is pushing you uh, like, go do this and and um if you are not uh successful by this age nothing is going to happen and you know oh my god that's horrible <laughs> it is horrible and and talking about that you you say if you're not successful and what does that mean what exactly what does that mean for me i'm very successful why because i can paint every day and i i have been struggling as an artist for and many, many, many years. So, of course, that that's what I consider to be successful. And I'm not a very well-known artist, and I'm not in, in the Louvre, and I'm not in the whatever, or in the Pompidou, or I'm not. Who cares? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't care if I I am not everywhere. If I'm not very well known, I don't care if I'm not in the mainstream. I don't I, really. I, I don't care because I, my life is 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 that is is that love I have for for painting. So for you, success is just to be able to paint every day and uh, exactly paint that's, that's like. yes. 
And of course, in, in our world, that's almost impossible because yes. everything is, yeah, you have to have uh, an impact uh, immediately. You, you are waiting for that uh, thing to happen today. And I, I, I see it, for instance, with my, my uh, son, and he is uh, doing his PhD in philosophy. So he's another troubled soul like mine. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> he, 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 he really doesn't know what to do with that because they are expecting him to move on and to give, uh, to, to publish papers and papers and papers. And he says, nobody is, is reading those papers. So why don't I have the time to do something more relevant or more uh, thoughtful or more, I don't know, because they want him to, to do this every day, every day, every day. And it's exhausting. It is. And, and for, me, for me, that's not being successful. It's only uh, achieving things and, um, uh, how do you say, getting the money and paying for sometimes many things we don't need. They are convincing us that we need a new car. We need a mm -hmm. new house. We need uh, the jewelry. We need to be yeah. perfect and to be young forever and to have this uh, buttocks. And, yeah, know, and please. And for that, we need that. to hustle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is so true. It is so true. And and yet, you know, for for many, especially many young artists who uh, maybe don't have an additional income, uh, and I know a lot of artists have like day job, and then their art is some, you know, the minutes they can spare you know, during the day or during the week. Uh, not everybody has a supporting partner who can, you know, pay the bills and allow them to do their art, do the actual work of their life. Uh, so a lot of them become uh, entrepreneurs because that's yeah, that's what yeah, you are. You are an artist, you are uh, an accountant, you are your own marketer, you are yeah. your own assistant. Well, you know, you I, I started as a graphic designer. I was not a, an artist in, in the beginning. And when I made a decision, I, I talked to my husband because, of course, we lived with his money, my money, and it was the money of a family. And when I, I told him, you know, we'll have to <laughs> because I don't want to do graphic design anymore. And it has not been easy. Not at all. Not at all. But it, we, we live just once exactly and there are so many important messages to share right who's going to do it if not us exactly 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 well um on that note <laughs> i honestly i run out of questions and i and i feel like we had such a heartwarming conversation oh, uh, it was wonderful i absolutely. as always i was so nervous Oh, you know, I, I hear it. I hear it every time. <laughs> and I usually I usually say to my guests, like, I'm more nervous than you are. So don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Let's be nervous together. Okay, yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's have a very awkward conversation. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Is there something that you want to say that I didn't ask you about? Well, not really. <laughs> 
I think you asked me what I was expecting you to ask me. We, we have been through my career, my uh, decisions, my feelings about art, my media. I think we have co covered everything. <laughs> well, having two successful art careers in two different countries, how would you feel if, uh, let's say, your husband uh, comes to you tomorrow and say, hey, I decided that we're not going to live in the United States with all this, you know, banana situation going on. Uh, let's move to Europe. And you will have to adapt and build your career from the ground up again. <laughs> how would you feel about that? <laughs> well, I think that now I'm old enough to say, okay, let's do it. And, and uh, if, if I can still be painting, let's do it. Let's move. In fact, we, we sometimes we are thinking maybe we can move to Sweden because my daughter, my grandchildren live there. Who knows? Or to Spain or I don't know. Sweden is a wonderful but, place. A little, a little yeah. bit, a little bit colder. <laughs> yeah, oh, a little bit. Tell me. <laughs> but I say always, carpe diem. Who knows what future brings us? Let's let's uh, live today and let's do it the better and the best we can. Well, I think that's a wonderful attitude. And to everyone who is rushing through life, trying to be an artist and an entrepreneur. Uh, I think this is this is a great lesson. It's just carpe diem. Uh, whatever happens, happens. We just have to adapt. And yeah, don't rush through it. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't rush. Marianella, thank you so much for coming. Take your time today. And uh, that was a really heartwarming conversation. I'm so glad that we have met. Oh, uh, me too. You are wonderful. <laughs> thank you. You are wonderful too. And I'm, I'm so glad that we share this creative space in San Diego both a part of Perfect. this art scene uh, and we'll keep in touch and i hope to see more of your exhibitions thank you yes please let's All keep right. in touch absolutely okay. thank you okay bye. okay bye it has been another episode of in the art scene podcast if you like today's conversation please give us a good review on apple and go listen to other great stories Check out our website intheartscene.com or follow us on Instagram at intheartscene for more content. If you are a creative and you want to share your story, shoot us a message from the website or DM us on Instagram. Look forward to seeing you next time in the art scene.